This episode of the SBP is brought to you by Spotify for podcasters. Spotify for podcasters is your one-stop shop for all things podcasting. That's what your boy does. That's what that's what I do. I, I go to the Spotify for podcasters and. You know, I hit I I, I I use what they got over there because it's easy. It's easy. I get fan interactions. I get my analytics. There's even some video episode scenarios that I can tap into that I don't know how to do because I ain't good. Uh, they upload your podcast to all the podcast platforms, including Google, Apple, and Spotify, and it's all done for free. No money out of your pocket. In fact, you can fill your pockets with that cash money if um, if you get yourself a large enough fan base and you get ad revenue and you get fan donation. It's wonderful. Get started today. Go to podcasters.spotify.com, formerly anchor.fm, and get yourself some podcasting abilities going everything you need the Shaw Boyles podcast is also brought to you by the Music Depot how about the Music Depot shout out to the Music Depot this is a music store that you can go to to get music store stuff if you (laughs) if you're shopping for music stores this is the place you want to go no Um, you know since it's a little mom and pop music store it's awesome. They got Shure mics. They got Ibanez guitars. They got Schecter guitars. They got orange amps. They got band instruments. Uh, all kinds of PA equipment. They got lessons. They can do lessons. You know, vocals or or or, or drums or guitar, bass, whatever. And they got ukuleles, which fucking breaks me. But they got ukuleles. Uh, 944 B Street, B Street, downtown Hayward. Go see my man Pete over there at the Music Depot. Also the sponsor of the Boyles Bistro Blowout. Every first Thursday at the Bistro, downtown Hayward. I got dates. I'm going to be places. And they're going to let me do stuff. And I'm going to... It's... Know, music or comedy, whatever they whatever they want me to do. Um, this Friday coming up, September eighth, I will be doing comedy at um at Buck Wild. We doing comedy. This is part of the Comedy Culture Club, run by one Holly Shaw. Uh, we'll be at Buck Wild in Oakland this Friday. 7.30 showtime. I don't know where I'm at in the lineup. But come out. 
uh, next week. Looking forward to this. If I can uh, get the late strength to do it, September 13th, uh, my band Hazards will be performing uh, on the radio. Remember the radio? We'll be at uh, KZSU Stanford Radio. Go to kzsu.stanford.edu and uh, you'll be able to hear us playing live. This will be the first time you can hear the new version of Hazards as the Power Violence Trio or Power Trio Violence. I don't know how, we're not really a Power Violence band, so I can't really call it that. And, but we're a trio, and it is power trio, but power violence. Kind of, we kind of, kind of. There's an element of power violence. Anyway, come see hazards or, or, or witness us. You can actually watch us play the following week at September uh, September 22nd. Hazards will be playing at State Gold Deli in Oakland. That'll be fun. Uh, September 23rd, I'll be doing comedy at uh, the 108 Sports Lounge in Riverbank, California. September 30th, my band Zed is going down to Southern California, down the San Diego Airways. Uh, We will be playing the SoCal Heavy Jam at the Full Circle Saloon in Santee, California. Uh, October 5th will be the Boyles Bistro Blowout, downtown Hayward. Uh, Rick Storer will be our headliner for the evening's festivities. October 13th, Hazards playing the X-Bar in Cupertino. October 20th, Hazards playing the Caravan Lounge in San Jose. In uh, November 11th, Zed playing the Parkside in San Francisco, California. Alright, how about that? As always music heard here on the SVP not owned licensed copywritten or um, I don't got the rights to the music that you're going to hear here on the podcast alright don't come after me and try to sue me for some malarkey that you don't have or that I don't have I don't have the rights to the music don't sue me okay let's do podcast It's the Sean Boyles Podcast. Music, comedy, drums, life, burrito. What's up, dirties? Not quite, um... This is what, the third, fourth... Third or fourth episode of the podcast that I've done from inside the underbelly. Actually, inside my apartment, um, I'm not happy with the setup. I don't like where my microphone is in relation to needing to push the buttons and do the things, manipulate the sounds, play the beats. Anyway, welcome to another episode of the Sean Boyles Podcast. I am he, Sean Boyles, episode 206. Uh, was thinking about it today. I was like, shit, I got to do the podcast today. I ain't got shit to talk about. I didn't do shit. I've been sitting on my back. Well, you don't sit on your back. You lay down. You can't sit on your own back, can you? That would be crazy. 
You can sit on your hand. You can sit on your butt. That's kind of what you do. You can't really sit on your back. You can sit on your feet. You know, you can be sitting and, and have your legs folded underneath you and, and be on your feet. You can throw your hands in there and you can sit on your hands too. You can't sit on your back. I've been on my back due to an injury last week. Uh, update on the injury. It still fucking hurts. Uh, <laughs> but not not as bad. Not even close to as bad, actually. Um, I kind of figured the... I'm having more pain from... I'm having more pain from the twist that my knee did post-muscle snap. So as I said uh, last week, I, I I tore my calf muscle, but that whole scenario, I don't feel that at all anymore. I don't feel where the tear was. I don't feel that tenderness that I felt uh, when it initially happened when the doctor was poking around on it, and I went hi because he had hit the spot. <laughs> um, that seems to be fine. I iced it. I elevated it. I iced it. I elevated. I kept it wrapped up. I put a couple of knee braces on that I had laying around. Wore two of them at the same time. Nice and tight. They were talking about compression. Um, and I didn't really do too much. Kind of hopped around here in the apartment. My apartment is small. The underbelly here is tiny. It's a studio apartment. Nowhere to go. Not far to travel to get to the restroom and things of that nature. But, um, yeah, just laid low. However, as you lay low, you don't do anything, you get bored. And when boredom sets in, you kind of look for those things that will keep you out of the boredom. I definitely... Stared at my phone for hours and hours and hours. I watched some television. I uh, definitely binged the shit out of a few things. Um, of course, all all rehearsals and all whatever's I was doing, all work and everything, just grinded to a halt. Didn't do it. Just stayed home. Didn't even go out. I went outside one day. Went outside, kind of hobbled outside to get some sun just to feel alive. But I kind of realized that, you know, I don't feel like I need to go outside. <laughs> I definitely spent like three days in a row without ever opening the door, you know. Um, not even to get fresh air in here. I wasn't even worried about that. I just, you know. Uh, but I did. Uh, I did watch... Um, I did watch a lot of television, um, and we'll get into that, but what I also did in my boredom, I, how can I explain? So you're bored and things come up and things that were there that you wanted the, I had plans. I had plans this week. There was stuff I wanted to do. There was a show coming to San Francisco at the DNA Lounge that I really wanted to see. One of my all-time favorite bands. 
a band that I've talked about, I think, here on the podcast before. Uh, they were playing a record of theirs in its entirety, happened to be the record that is my favorite record of theirs. They were going to play it front to back. And then they were going to do some other stuff, play some stuff off of their brand new record that is fucking phenomenal. So heavy. Um, I am talking about Sacramento's Will Haven. I fucking love this band. I love this band. They're so fucking scummy. Um, And I don't know why, but they've... They've been panned as a new metal band for whatever reason. And I think that might be why they never really caught on to a lot of people. Because, I don't know, the new metal fucking stink. Listen to that. Ain't nothing new metal about that. It's in three. Two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. Right? Watch this change up right here. To go back into four? Oh my. Oh, you fucking kidding me? I lost my shit when they played that. The guys are so awesome, too. So I, I know these guys. They're from Sacramento. Lickisto, my old band, we used to play with them. We played, I think, maybe two or three shows with these guys. And um, and we like playing with them just because we were such big fans. It was just because of this. They're fucking just so fucking heavy. We had no business playing with them. Lickisto was definitely, you know, doing the hip-hop shit. And this ain't, there's nothing hip-hop about any of this. Cool little breakdown part. Keeping it in three just to be fucking. Anyway, uh, I go to the show now. The DNA they were doing it in the upstairs small room, and uh, the upstairs small room has fucking stairs. Now here my leg was being a fucking a shit. I'm, 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 I'm feeling, so this is Thursday, I'm feeling okay, I'm not feeling, I'm in, I'm still in pain, but I'm not so bad that I can't walk, and then a friend of mine, my friend Jenny, who's an amazing uh, uh, photographer, I like that switch that they just went went in the four right there. She doesn't... Anyway, watch this. Watch this. Watch how they end this song. It's so sick. Right 
I mean, fuck. Oh, my God. Oh, so fucking crushing. Oh, I love this fucking band. Um, I lost my shit right at that part. I, gimp leg and everything, I just fucking... I, just was headbanging like a fucking maniac and just i and fuck definitely had a sore neck <laughs> as well as a sore leg but god damn they just they fucking they had a good crowd it was a good people good amount of people there um so i get there and the opening band's playing this band called name who's a bay area band have been around for a while uh uh, cool, just heavy, you know, fucks with a lot of weird little goofy time signatures, does kind of a tool thing sometimes, but uh, just a cool band, you know, they'll get doomy as fuck as well, um, they throw in a little bit of, you know, hardcore stuff in there, little time switches, and like, cool band, cool band, um, Hellbeard played with them, I think once or twice, um, but I get there, and I'm standing in the back near the bar, and I see uh, Mitch Wheeler. Mitch Wheeler is a drummer for Will Haven. And he comes up to me. And he's all stoked. He's all, oh, you fucking made it. I had made a post on Facebook earlier in the day saying, you know, I'm so bummed that, you know, one of my favorite bands playing and I'm not going to be able to see him. And uh, he actually saw my post and uh, made a comment saying, oh, fuck, you know, too bad, you know, too bad we won't see you. But um, so, and I, in, the, <laughs> in the post I made the next day, there's two things that'll get me out of the house when I shouldn't really leave the house. A friend that needs a ride and my one of my favorite bands playing. So uh, as I mentioned, my friend Jenny, she needed a ride there. She had been asked to take photos and she couldn't get there because she doesn't drive. She wasn't, you know, the Uber. The Uber would be expensive and the um, taking BART and all that shit with all our camera equipment, not the safest thing. So um, I offered to go pick her up and get her to the show. So that's what we did. I drove out there, got grabbed her, and then uh, uh, we go to San Francisco. I drop her off. I go park. Fortunately, did not have to park too far away, um, half block away, which is great. I limp my way to the DNA. Uh, I had bought a ticket earlier that day when I finally got the gumption to to go and um and i fucking check in and walk very slowly up these stairs i heard a few are you all right buddy <laughs> from uh from guy at the door as he saw me gingerly try to traverse the staircase uh but i got up the stairs um uh, in you know i just took my time went slow uh, going up was not going to be as big of a problem as going down. And I kind of knew that by, uh, the little bit of walking around that I did around here. Um, I did walk out to get the mail one day. And as I came back, you know, the, there's a couple of steps I got to go down to, to get back to uh, my unit here. And, uh, I noticed that it was a lot dif more difficult to go downstairs than it was to go upstairs that as it may so um wasn't looking forward to going down this fucking giant staircase but i got up there and we'll deal with the rest when we got to deal with it right cross that bridge when we get to it so uh, anyway i get up there 
my friend Jenny's kind of running around doing, getting ready for photography stuff, i.e. needed to smoke a couple of cigarettes outside and get a drink. Uh, <laughs> then I, uh, uh, but I posted up by the bar. And like I said, my, 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 uh, my man Mitch saw me, gave me a big old hug. How's your leg? What happened? You know, I described the whole thing. He's like, oh, fuck, man. He's like, he's like, you're not going to stand here all night. And I go, well, I ain't really nowhere to sit. So yeah, I'm going to do the best I can. If I can't fucking handle it, I'll fucking, you know, I'll get on the floor. Or I'll fucking leave, you know. He's all, no, no, no. He's all, I'll, let me find you something. So he went in the back and he came out a fucking few minutes later and he had a little ottoman, like a little footstool. Um... And he brought that out, and I saw I was able to sit down at least. I couldn't really put my leg up on anything, but at least I wasn't putting weight on my foot or on my knee or my calf or whatever. So I was able to sit down, and that was fine. You know, I mean, I didn't have a good view of the stage unless I stood up. And so I'd sit down and rest and then stand up for as long as I could and then sit back down, and it was fine. It was great. And Will Haven just fucking crushed. So they have an album called Carpe Diem, which, um, oh, when did Carpe Diem come out? Um, I should be able to look that up, shouldn't I? Without, uh, without too much trouble, right? Let me see. Make sure that's turned down in case I, in case I uh. Let's go to here. Go to album, right? 2001, this album came out. All right. Um, And I would say... Yeah, I'd say this is their Master of Puppets. This is their... uh, This is their grand opus. This is their fucking... You know... Yeah, and, and... and as you heard that song, you know, odd time throughout most of the song, right? That, that three, um, they fuck with that a lot. Um, a lot of their songs are actually in twelve eight. They do this. Uh, it's something they've always sort of done, and it's kind of like a signature of theirs. And I think maybe some people feel like, well, all the shit sounds the same because that fucking twelve eight. Uh, I'm gonna say nay. They do enough twists and turns, and and um, and then they don't stay in the twelve eight all the time. They do it a lot, but they don't stay in it all the time. Anyway, they just put on a phenomenal show. They played Carpe Diem front to back with all the fucking. I mean, the first song on the record starts off with this cool little guitar thing. So they had uh, they had a guy doing some keyboardy, sampley kind of things. And so he played all the, all these cool little things that were in between songs and like before songs. And so this is how the album starts. And then it fucking dies down and then they started the first song. But it was fucking pretty fucking badass all the way through. It just, they were, they were very tight. They just got done doing a run. So, um,. You know, they'd been on the road for this was like the seventh show. They've been on the been on the run, you know, been on the road for like a week. Watch how this fucking first song starts. This is just a little intro thing that they do at the beginning of the record. But dude played it. 
played the whole fucking minute, nine seconds that it is. And it died down. And they looked at each other. And there was no count in. And they just... It just started. I guess that could be in three as well. One, two, three. One, two, three. One, two, three. Anyway. It goes, it kind of does a 12 8 after. Anyway, I, I could play this shit all night and be fucking completely happy. So, the, hear that high pitch sort of keyboardy thing in the background there? They had the dude doing that kind of shit. It just sounded fucking rad. They sounded full. You know, I've seen them in a few different iterations. They've had two guitar players sometimes. Anyway, it's interesting. It's Will Haven provides a very interesting uh, counting exercises if you're super nerd about um, about counting music. Um, they will definitely keep you on your toes when it comes to that because they just they definitely do not stay in four, um, which is common time. Um, but yeah, they just they play, so they played this album front to back, fucking. Perfect. Every little noise and sound and, and uh, studio effect was happening. It was just fucking cool. And then they played uh, two songs off of their latest record, which is called Seven. I think that's what it's called. No. Is that what it's called? I bought a shirt. <laughs> what the hell's the name of the new record? Um... It's seven, right? It's it's a Roman numeral, so it's the V and then two, and two singles after, right? That's the seven, isn't it? The V is five, and if it's two after, it's one two. That's five and two, and equals seven. I'm pretty sure I'm saying that right. <laughs> <coughs> and I believe this is their seventh record, so why not call it seven, right? Um, they played a couple songs off of this record, and then I think they played one off of um, the record before this, uh, which is called, um, is that Muerte? Or they got another one after that. I think it's Muerte, yeah. Just fucking, I love this band. I fucking love this band. So, um, uh so yeah, I was able to handle a show sitting down most of the time. I did get up and fucking headbang because I just got enthralled because they were so good. Uh, and then I uh, carefully, carefully walked down the stairs and uh, and uh, uh, walked to the van. Uh, I had Jenny to make sure I didn't fucking eat shit. And it was great. Got back to the van. I got her home. I got home. And then sat for the next couple of days with my leg up in the air, icing ice, and then elevate, and then ice, and then elevate. I'd put the ice on every, like, I don't know, every hour or so, or every couple hours, ice it for about 15 minutes, and then take it off and wrap it back up. And um, But then I got into some heavy, heavy TV show watching. Um... I got uh first I got caught up on uh 
uh, what is it? Uh, How's it pronounced? Oshuka? Ashuka? Ashuka? Sounds very Japanese. Ashuka. Ashuka. Uh, This is the new uh, series on Disney Plus. It's a new uh, Star Wars series about a um, uh, one of the last remaining few Jedi's that are left, and what she's been doing and what she's getting into. I believe in the storyline, this takes place um after um I believe this is after. Because both the Mandalorian and Boba Fett and this one, I believe, are after Return of the Jedi. So this is after almost all the Jedis have been wiped out. There's not much left of them. And they've been off. Luke has disappeared and he's out there in the in the fucking cut somewhere. I believe that's the timeline. Garcia's going fucking nuts. Dave Garcia, please tell me if I got that correct in the timeline of uh, Ashuka. Am I even saying it right? But uh, it's cool. I caught up on that. The uh, I think it was ep- I'm going to watch the new episode today because the new episode came out today. I think it's episode four. Um, I watched a thing called Foundation, which was a sci-fi thing that was on uh, Apple uh, Apple Plus. Kind of cool, kind of trippy, a little tough for your dumb podcast host here to uh, follow along because they would uh, timelines sort of jump around and there's robots or or, or, um, not necessarily robots. uh, um, Well, there's a robot. There's a robot and then there's uh, regenerated folks that are. Basically, clones. I guess you could call them clones of uh, of previous folks in various ages. Anyway, uh, two seasons of that, which is really cool. Um, what else did I watch? Oh, I start. I re, uh, I'm I'm in the middle of right now rewatching. Well, I caught up to. I watched like the first few episodes, but I didn't really pay attention to uh, Top Boy, which is a cool. A series on Netflix uh, about some drug dealers in uh, in England uh, with ties to Jamaica, which is uh, so I got caught up on that and you know like because I watched like three episodes but I didn't know what was going on. I started watching. I was like, oh, I watched three episodes. I'm gonna start watching episode four. I started watching episode four. I'm like, what? Who is that? What? I had no clue. What was going on? I hadn't paid attention enough to the, I just, I guess I just played it and had it on and wasn't really paying attention to, to the story. So, uh, went back on that. Uh, I think I want episode six or seven now. Um, I'll watch a little bit more of that probably tonight, but the biggest problem uh, in my viewing was, um, the subject of this week's overrated overrated yeah i um 
I finally watched that show Beef. I don't know what the hell everybody was clamoring about and how amazing this show was. It fucking sucked. I didn't like it even in fact I was ready to bail after episode three. I didn't care. Road rage, whatever bullshit, out of hand, and and just this back and forth, this stupid shit. It wasn't funny. I, I a couple things made me laugh, but you know, supposed to be this dark humor and and um laughing at people being angry uh and being petty. Uh it just didn't didn't do anything for me. It didn't do any for anything for me. Now I hate that my mind went here, but part of me thinks that the reason why people were giving it the accolades that they were giving it is because it was a cast of Asians. Like, and I feel like it's almost doing it a disservice because, and maybe I'm jumping ahead even to, say, to saying that, but like to say, to prop it up and say it was that good when it really wasn't that good. It's kind of like, oh, you guys did so good. And you're like, you're kind of condescendingly patting him on the head and saying, oh, you guys made a little series. Oh, you guys are cute. It was good. It was good. Yes, it was. No, it wasn't. Chris Rock said that, right? Didn't he say that in one of his specials? He's all, I want to be, I want it to get to the point where it's okay for me to suck. Because as, as, as minorities will say, they have to be twice if not three times as good as the majority to even get recognized because of race and minority or whatever um you know he said i want to get to the point where i would look you know i would like it for things to get to the point where i can you know where i can suck and it's okay Something to that effect. I don't know if I'm saying that quote exactly right, but he said something to that effect. And to me, this shit was just, just wasn't good. And I watched the whole thing, and I'm mad that I watched the whole thing. I'm upset. I wasted time. I don't even like the way it ended. It was dumb. <sighs> I don't want to, I won't ruin the ending in case you want to see it. I don't want to be that guy, but just. <sighs> there was some stuff they said, you know, like knowing about, you know, Asian relations and uh, there was uh, some of that was spelled out, which was kind of cool. Um, But the story in itself and I don't know, man, I just it didn't it didn't fucking I, I, I didn't understand why people were giving it the props that they were giving out. I've heard, heard it on a few podcasts. Oh, you ain't watching beef. Oh dude. Wow. What are you doing with your life? And I thought, well, what the fuck is this show? It must be really great. You know? Um, so I don't know. It just didn't, 
Didn't do anything for me. Just didn't fucking, didn't, uh, it didn't touch my heart. (laughs) (coughs) Says you're fucking overrated. Um, you know what? We're not going to do a reaction of the week this week. And it's because, um, by the time I got around to, Checking some, uh, checking out the uh, Billboard charts this week. Um, they hadn't switched over from last week. It's the same, and I and I and I kind of, you know, had to go deep to find something on there that I hadn't checked out yet already. And uh, this week, uh, it's the same. It says you know week of October, uh, week of September second. They had didn't uh, they didn't switch it over. So. Uh, we're not going to do a reaction this week, but I am going to react, I guess, in a way to, you know, some shit that I saw, uh, especially stuff in the news, like, um, <laughs> like Burning Man. <laughs> if you don't know what happened, or you don't even know what Burning Man is, Burning Man is his yearly trek. That people make out to the desert. I think it's what is it called? Black Blackstone Desert. <coughs> out there in um I guess it's I think it's in Nevada. It's actually in Nevada. And a lot of people from the Bay Area go out there. And it's a basically it's an the idea is that it's a utopian um three, four, five day, whatever the fuck it is where you bring in your own garbage or you bring in your stuff and you take all your stuff with you. You don't leave any trash behind. There is no currency. There's no, uh, you, you, you trade and barter with everybody. Everybody takes care of everybody. And everybody listens to electronic music and does a lot of drugs. Um, I've, be it that going out to the desert in fucking August or early September and doing a bunch of drugs and listening to electronic music, (laughs) you know, like to do, (laughs) to do that, um, there's nothing about that that's appealing to me. Like, it just, it seems fucking, it seems kind of batshit to, you know, first of all, you're out in the desert, and you got this going on. All right, people are half naked because it's the desert and it's fucking hot, right? And they and they dress up like fucking post-apocalyptic fucking steampunk or whatever. And they're out there and they're dancing around for hours and hours and hours in the heat. And there's fire breathers and there's all kinds of shit. People are half naked. People are fucking people are fucking. People go there to get laid. And on top of that, 
it's all a bunch of tech bros and fucking in, uh, tech industry people that think they're fucking being cultured and doing some fucking art bullshit by going out to the fucking desert and engaging in this hedonistic activity. Okay, yeah, probably sounds like I'm being a prude. But, you know... Alright, get the fuck out of there. We don't need to hear any more of that. But you're, <laughs> you're going out there and... You're trying to get away from it all. That's kind of the point, right? You're, you're, you know, you load up your camper, your motorhome, you get out there, or you bring fucking tent stuff and you trek in, and then you got to walk into the campsite and fucking you leave your vehicles way out there. Well, apparently, a freak rainstorm came into the desert and fucked everything up, and cars got stuck in mud in the mud. Like they created, like, you know, it rained and it was like a like a freak flash flood kind of storm, and vehicles got stuck and they couldn't get them out, and it made the ground all soft where it's usually hard because it's a desert, and um, there was talks of Ebola fucking going around, fucking Ebola, and people getting sick. The main road to get in, there's one road to get in and out of there, and it got washed out. And apparently, so, you know, people, you know, it it started on the 27th and it was supposed to end yesterday. Um, Monday being the Labor Day holiday. So, you know, for a week, you're out there fucking doing your mollies and doing your drugs. And, you know... Touching, <laughs> then you get stuck, and then you worry about surviving. They told people to stay there, and we'll get you out. We'll clear the road, but um, you know, ration your supplies. Um, so I guess they got it cleared, and everybody was able to get out of there. But you know, just ugh. you know, all these, you know, they finally. I hear people talk about the the life changing experience that they had at Burning Man, you know, and that's the other thing too. They, the big uh, apex of the thing is some wooden effigy of of a wooden guy that they light on fire. The Burning Man. I don't know what it means. I don't know anything about it really, although I just fucking explained it pretty deep on. <laughs> that's what it. What I just explained on what it is is what I perceive it to be. I think that's what it is from what I've seen people talk about. And this is not, it's not, there's not nothing, anything I'd be into. I'm going to listen to fucking that kind of music, all fucking, you know, laser light shows and fucking, it's just, ugh, ugh. It's the desert, ugh, dry heat. And cold at night and just ugh. so yeah they got they got rained on and then they got stuck and they cleared it out and then so basically every you know usually people filter in and out some people come for a couple of days and they go and you know i'm sure hardcore folks get there at the beginning and stay to the end you know you know some people just come for the weekend you know and i'm sure there is a big push to get out of there but i think this time like 
everybody had to leave at the same time because they finally got that road open to get them out of there. So, um, but, you know, and, and it costs, it's money. You buy a ticket to this thing, it's fucking expensive. I heard it was really cheap back in the day, and I've heard that it's gotten very, very expensive. I don't know dollar amounts, but way more money than I'd ever spend on anything like that. And these folks get out there and they do their thing. It's pretty um, pretty amazing. Like I said, nothing I would do, but, you know, I'm a big scorer. Um, another thing, one more thing that I saw, uh, or I've been seeing. Uh, it's kind of kind of interesting to me how this is playing out and how... Um, I don't know how uh, how these things are going and how it's changed. Uh, I'm t- let's uh, Sean. What the hell are you talking about? I am talking about MMA fights or fights in general, and how this um, the anger back and forth between the two fighters and the calling each other out and the and the shit talking and. Um, you know, just like the animosity and the, and then you get to the pre-fight, and that's when it sh- it goes down, right? There's a you know, there's a stare down, and there is, you know, there's uh, potential and oftentimes violence. The um, one fighter just swings on the other fighter and there's melee or you hear about something happened in the hallway and you know this camp fought this other camp and there was you know water bottles thrown and all this horse shit and i feel like it's been i feel like two things have happened i remember there was a time when especially Dana White didn't like certain fighters because he thought they were thugs and didn't appreciate their behavior because he felt it was unprofessional. And now, and one fighter in particular, or two fighters in particular, the Diaz brothers specifically, I know he didn't like those guys at first because of their ways. Now their ways are the norm for fighters. And he touted this idea of these fighters needing to show professionalism because this is a sport. And he didn't want these knuckle-dragging fucking Neanderthals that, you know, that just want to fight and fight everybody. He didn't want that to be the face of the sport. He wanted the sport to have respect, like other sports. Even though it is it is fighting, he wanted he wanted it to have the respect. But he saw that the fucking numbers were telling telling him otherwise. And every time some shit would pop off, he'd sell more tickets. So now, the encouraging of shitty behavior. And quite frankly, I think unprofessionalism. I, I, um, 
you know, like I would respect a fighter when he showed up to the press conference and he's in a fucking suit and he's a little bit more dignified and he's quiet about his answers. Now these guys are showing up in their track suit suits and they got a water bottle. And the first thing out of their mouth is, you know, fuck this guy. I'm going to whip his ass. It's like, okay, yeah, you're fighting, but you're professionally fighting. You know, you don't have, you know, like I know for me, that's the only way I'm getting into a fight is if I'm mad at the person. And maybe this is a thing for them to be upset so they can have a little bit more fucking, you know, it can be a spicier fight or whatever, but... I don't know. I I think it's it, t- it definitely taps into that fucking caveman in us all, where we want to just see fucking ooh ah beat up uh, blood, nah! you know. And I don't know. I kind of I got some misgivings about it. I think that um, now I like a good fight, just like fucking just like anybody. But. I just feel like if you want that respect that you wanted in the beginning and now you kind of, you know, you're acting just as stupid as the rest of these guys. I don't know. I, I, I have friends that, that train and I have friends that are into the, these kind of, and they're, they're good guys, they're good people. And I would see them putting respect on the sport. Uh, what I see, uh, the glimpses of things that I do see, and I'm sure there's most of these guys do respect the sport, but it seems like the guys that are the big fights are the shit talkers, you know, the Conor McGregor's and the Diaz brothers and, and, um, uh, what's his ass? Madonna, I can't pronounce it. Fuck anybody. They all got goofy fucking names. I can't pronounce. Um, and then, and then transcending into that where you got the fucking, the Jake and Logan Pauls and, and, you know, them fighting, you know, retired fighters and, and, and the shit talking going back and forth and getting everybody going, ooh, what's going on here, you know? So it's just... Where boxing was the sweet science in a respectable sport, MMA, which used to be looked at as barbarian, went down a road of trying to be respectful but caved into the fucking malarkey of bar- barbarianism, I think. And um, I think it's too bad. I think it's too bad. All right, let's do this. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dirties of our age, all shapes, sizes, colors, and ages. Um, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for hanging out with me for another episode of the Sean Boyles podcast. Uh, rate, review, subscribe, wherever it is you are listening to the podcast currently. Uh, scroll through the show notes and find links to things that you can <laughs> give a rating or uh, write a review. Or if you want to help your boy out because he's still sort of uh, limping around. I did go. To, I did try to go to work today, but. Um, Kind of fortunately, the place was locked up and I couldn't get into it. So uh, I did what I could in areas that I could, but the main part I needed to do, I couldn't get to, which is fine. A little ease back in the job. But, um, I mean, donations would be nice. I've been out of work for a week, over a week. So, uh, 
there's that. Anyway, um, earworm of the week this week. Uh, in my scrolling through social media, I happened upon a video in which um, someone was sharing some information. And the video starts off, I always wondered who sang backups on this song because it's very interesting, the vocal on here. And as I looked it up, I was shocked and surprised at who it was. And they tell who it was. And I was actually shocked and surprised, too, who sang back up on this song. Um, but after that video, this song just stayed in the crawl. And... Um, and it, and, but it's a cool song. There's especially the fucking bridge. I always liked the, uh, I always liked the bridge of this song. It seems it seems heavy for whatever reason. Um, the backup singer in question, not a singer at all. Um, what was her name? Mindy Cohen, Cohen, Mindy Cohen, who played Natalie on Facts of Life, sang backup on this song. Thought that was cool. This song is a song called PYT. Pretty Young Thing. By Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. Um, I've always sort of laughed at the idea of... Um, what did Michael... How did, how did it come about that Eddie Van Halen played on thriller like who how did that like and i've always sort of in my mind thought you know because you know he's working with quincy jones quincy jones is producing this record and um and i would would quincy jones know who eddie van halen is or did michael come to quincy one day and say i want i want eddie van halen who? What do you need? What do you say, Michael? Who do you? Who is this? Eddie Van Halen. I want Eddie Van Halen. What is a Van Halen? What I don't know what a. I want Eddie Van Halen. <laughs> that's just that's how it plays out in my mind of how they got Eddie Van Halen on, <laughs> on the Thriller record. I want I want Eddie Van Halen. <laughs> I got I got nothing. I got nothing to back up any of that scenario. But just in my mind, Michael coming to Quincy Jones. I want Eddie Van Halen. Anyway, pretty young thing. Michael Jackson. Your um I gotta make sure that channel is up. Your earworm of the week. Uh be good. Keep it dirty. And I'll see you PYTs next week. You know, you, you make me feel so good inside. <laughs> I've always wanted a girl just like you. Such a PYT. Pretty young thing. Ooh. Where did you come from, baby? And ooh, won't you take me back? Got a way on to me, baby. Tenderoned, you've got to be. Spark my just sugar fly with me.
think it would be real nice if you and I could, uh, you know, just get together. Uh, it's such a BYT to me, to the young man. Fuck Staten Avenue and fuck Ace Freely. Brought to you by Blowout Productions.